Look, I think uh, I think the challenge was so many people left this city uh, in the recent past, and now that that's changing drastically, you have every type of industry flowing back in, whether that's hospitality or food and beverage. You have these unique creators who uh, who want to come to this city and, and really use the blank slate that they can work with and create an incredible product. I think food and beverage in this city is really on the cutting edge. It's really creative. Uh, and you're seeing incredible international uh, talent come to this town. From EXP DET, a lifestyle magazine and podcast bringing you the best of what Detroit has to offer, I'm your host, Lou Goldhaber, and on today's episode, we're sitting in the amazing Bedrock Suite at the Shinola Hotel on Woodward Avenue in downtown Detroit, and we are talking with none other than Andrew Lieber, Vice President of Hospitality at Bedrock Detroit. How are you, my friend? It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is all mine. Oh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for sitting down with us. I thank every guest, but this one is really special to me because I love hospitality. So I'm super excited to talk to you about what you're doing. Thanks so much. Of course. All right. So let's dive in and maybe first you can tell the audience just about your role. Like what is the VP of hospitality do? That's a good question. So the role didn't exist before I came to Detroit uh, and Bedrock. The interesting thing is that our team doesn't cover just hospitality. We look after all our hospitality assets and our real estate, but we also cover uh, amenities. And what does that mean? In our portfolio, we're all about the experience for our tenants, our guests, and our residents, and now our hotel guests. But we expand that beyond uh, beyond just hospitality for our team members. Things like our wellness center. We have a we have a forty five thousand square foot gym in our portfolio at our headquarters, one campus Marshus building, that uh, falls under my responsibility. Wow, really unique. We also have incredible food and beverage dining options for our teams uh, that we partner with Compass Urest for. Uh, and we have them in a number of our buildings as well. So how did, you're not a native Detroit. You're like me. You're, like you're, you're a transplant. How, how did you end up in Detroit? Like what, what sparked that interest to That's come here? That's such a good, good question. We, Thank you. I thought that was a good question. That's yeah, pretty intelligent. <laughs> uh, so it's funny. I, just to give some personal background, my wife grew up here. Okay. We met in New York City, where I'm from. When we first started dating, we were introduced by a, a mutual friend that we both don't like. And my wife, uh, at the time, neither of us wanted to meet each other because we both didn't like this mutual friend. Great guy, we like him, and obviously he set us up uh, for success as a couple. Uh, but at the time, I said to my wife, if you think Michigan's on your horizon, like to come back here, I'm not the right guy for you. So this is going back so you 15 lost that years battle. ago. I lost that battle, but it just goes to show women run the world, right? That's true, as they should. Yeah. As they should. Absolutely. So you're here in Detroit, now you're doing your thing. That This... I think the Shinola Hotel was the first main project that brought you back, right? That's right. So I was consulting, actually, okay. at, uh, from a firm in Boston uh, at the time. And I had been there for just about 10 years. Uh, and after uh, you know, talking to Jim Keetai and Dan Mullen and others at the time, uh, they said, why don't we bring this in-house? Why don't we start a hospitality division? And at the time, I was like, you know, I'm a little skeptical. What does the growth look like? Is there enough runway? What is the vision for Bedrock's hospitality group? And they said, well, we don't have one, but we'd love for you to help build it. So that's what brought me here ultimately two years ago. Okay. So you're a consultant. You're just helping everybody out. Anyone who's the phone's ringing, they're saying we need help. And all of a sudden you're now given the opportunity to kind of create something from scratch. That's right. It started in Cleveland actually. Okay. And even before that with Greektown, I had done some work with the Greektown team before they came in house uh, with the predecessor rock gaming. And then I was doing some work in Cleveland. We have a Ritz Carlton hotel there as well. 
So I was doing some work from afar, helping with those projects. So how early on were you involved in the whole Shinola idea? Because most people really, like... really early on. Okay. Uh, earlier than most would think. Even though I've been here two years, probably about five is how long I've been working on this project. So what was your first reaction? Someone says, "Hey, we're going to take a, a watch and biking brand and turn it into a hotel." Were you like, "I'm in," or were you like somewhat skeptical? I think I was. I was a little skeptical. It's not. Uh, it's not surprising that that, in, that the industry is moving in that direction. A number of other retailers have moved in that in that way. And it was exciting. Once I heard a little bit more about Shinola's mission, what the brand was about, it actually made a lot of sense. Their retail stores, their approach to guests and clients and customers is very akin to the hospitality industry, which was really unique and refreshing. So like same core values, same like attention to detail, like all the stuff that kind of makes a special hotel. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. Because I'm looking around and, and for those of you who are obviously just listening, the room we're in is like ridiculous. I mean, this is like the one of the nicest hotel rooms I've ever seen. I feel like I'm sitting in one of those Shinola boxes that the watch, the watch comes in because mm -hmm. it's like the same millwork, the same feel. I mean, incredible stuff. Absolutely. And we, we thought about the product and when we were developing what it should look and feel like, we wanted it to feel like your oldest friend's living room. And you were always welcome all the time. It doesn't matter if it was in two in the morning because you needed, you know, that shoulder to cry on or it was, I'm coming because I haven't seen you in 15 years and come back home and, and visit friends. So what way in your mind has this put like Detroit on the map? You know, I think, I think Shinola has filled uh, a niche that Detroit didn't have. Uh, and what do I mean? Hospitality is growing in Detroit rapidly, but what it didn't have was a elevated, I don't want to call it luxury, but it is a luxury experience at the same time we call it approachable luxury. I, I think it, de it delivered on something that the city didn't have. And I think that that's what's unique about it. So you've been around, obviously, some major cities. You've been with some, you know, experienced some major food and beverage types of programs. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes Detroit unique? Like, why do you think that this is working and will continue to work moving forward? Yeah, I, look, I think, uh, I think the challenge was so many people left this city uh, in the recent past. And now that that's changing drastically, you have every type of industry flowing back in, whether that's hospitality or food and beverage. You have these unique creators who, uh, who want to come to this city and, and really use the blank slate that they can work with and create an incredible product. I think food and beverage in this city is really on the cutting edge. It's really creative. Uh, and you're seeing incredible international uh, talent come to this town. So how would you rank Detroit? Like if there was a, you know, one to 10 or a nine inning game, like where is Detroit in that spectrum? Are we at like just the, are we in the first inning here or are we? I think we got a long runway. Okay. I really do. I think, look, I think this town has an incredible, uh, unique balance of, of cost of living coupled with creativity with a little bit of that grit that still exists that we never really want to get rid of. Uh, I think that's drawing a lot of talent to this town, and I think it's touching every industry, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So from a food and beverage perspective, people know things when they hear like, ooh, James Beard Award winner or nominee, and we're starting to get some of those, right? Absolutely, I mean, there's, yeah. There's people that are putting us on a national scene, right? You have incredible talent that is getting listed in incredible publications. They're winning epic national and international awards. Uh, both in hospitality and food and beverage. And that puts a city like Detroit back on the map. So do you see Detroit now becoming a place where it's not like, okay, I got to go to Detroit to do business. And now it's like, hey, I got a weekend. I can go anywhere in the country. I'm going to go to Detroit and check it out. You're exactly right. You're seeing that? I'm seeing that a ton of that. Look at what we're, look at what the city is getting listed in, in terms of publications. We were on Forbes cities to visit. We were in New York Times' cities to visit. 
uh, for 2019. I mean, that's those are epic lists that reach massive audiences. And for those that you know don't know Detroit and are like, why would you ever go visit there? You're hitting an, a customer base and a, and a targeted traveler that just has never been to the city. So it's what's really the, unique. So you see it firsthand. What, what are those faces like when they walk in the door for the first time? Are they like, do you see a lot of those like big eyes that they're like, yeah. where am I? This place is unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, people yeah. walk around and they look at the unbelievable architecture. What I think Detroit really is, uh, benefited from, look, the downturn and the bankruptcy of the city, those were dark times in the city's history. However, the fact that none of the buildings were demolished and well, not none of, but there was certainly a number that were uh, that were salvaged and saved. Those buildings are stunning. Yeah, you have architecture that is on par with any major global city, and you've got people reinventing those buildings, not just Bedrock, other developers as well. And I think that's bringing a unique perspective. And people who come to this city for the first time are like, "Holy shit, this is here, and I can come visit this city, and it's an hour from New York City." an hour from Chicago. These are easy flights and easy trips to make. So where are you, like, what's the most obscure place? Like someone's like coming from, you know, Norway or they're, you know, they're coming from all over the world. So, to stay you here? know, what's interesting. We've had a lot of German travelers. Okay. German travelers. There's a big Polish community here. There's a big Mexican community here. They're obviously town, uh, neighborhoods that, uh, that have huge populations. Uh, and those people have visitors. They have family that come. And they're excited to come back and visit this That's town. That's so cool. Yeah, it really is. So where are we lacking, though? I mean, you know, I, I, I've worked in the hospitality business. I've, I've experienced what it's like to own a restaurant and all mm-hmm. the challenges that come with that. Where are we lacking in the service industry? Is it not enough talent? I mean, how are we doing as a market? Look, I think, I think it's well known. The city needs more talent. I think one of the challenges that, uh, that this city faces that other cities have a leg up on, things like New York or Chicago, where you've got an incredible... Uh, diverse base of, of industries, for example, Broadway, right, or the theater industry. The people who work in that business or in acting or in film, those people are looking for alternative income. Those people can work different shifts and be able to work in this business while managing their primary career. That's something that I think Detroit, even though we have an incredible base of theaters, tons of seats, tons of act- action in the city, we don't have a core uh, a core industry here that lives here in this city. Right. It's mostly traveling, right? Traveling productions. For sure. And I, I, I'm laughing inside because when I lived in New York, I li- used to live right next to the coffee shop in Union Square. Oh, yeah. And it was like everybody who was waiting on me was some actor, soon to be famous person. Totally. And it was just some like, model, some, right. 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 Exactly. And here I was, like the normal guy surrounded by all these people that would eventually go on to amazing things. But you're right. There was this whole, like, kind of underbelly of people who were like, consummate servers or they would that's what they did i mean there was a whole universe of that and this city also doesn't have to your point consummate servers you in big cities you have people who are in that industry for life they're passionate about it right and they make money and they are loving the industry well we don't have that right it's something we have to rebuild in this city so tell us about your relationship with noho so you started this you know incredible hotel and it started obviously with an amazing food and beverage program there's multiple spots within this hotel that people love to eat at Talk to me about that relationship. How did, how are they the right partner? Let me tell you, first of all, they are great partners. Fantastic for us, fantastic for the city, and I think for the community. What I think is really cool about uh, NoHo, there's three partners in the business. Andrew Carmelini, obviously a James Beard, to your point, award-winning chef. Uh, but he has two partners, Luke Ostrom and Josh Picard. Josh Picard grew up in Huntington Woods. Mm-hmm. He is a Michigander uh, and has been for his whole entire life, even though he's transplanted to New York. 
he always wanted to do something back here. When you have somebody who's invested in the market, in the people, in the community like that, you're not going to get the same delivery as someone who's just in to look at a deal and partner with you in that regard. So they're emotionally invested. They're emotionally invested in this town. And what's really cool about them, they're all about creating something that that, that ties to the neighborhood and ties to the community. They're not necessarily looking for something that is just sitting in the lobby of a hotel because it's a necessary evil, right? They want to build something that is attractive to not only hotel guests, but to residents, to guests, to visitors, to locals. So did you look at others and they were just the right partner? Or was like, did you know from the beginning, like, this is who we're working From with? the get-go. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were brought to us from a different, a multiple different angles, uh, and the industry's small. As big as the hotel and food and beverage industries are globally, our networks are, in, you know, intertwined. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what what do you think is next for Detroit? I mean, where do you see hospitality going? Like, what's the biggest opportunity? I think we've got a couple of areas for opportunity. I think our biggest one, uh, which has been somewhat publicized recently, is a convention center headquarter hotel. Yeah, we've got an unbelievable hotel at the Rensen. It's thirteen hundred keys, but let me tell you something. It's four blocks from Kobo, or now TCF Center. Excuse right. me. However, the problem with that is that four block walk for most of the year is pretty challenging, yeah. right? So if you're going to talk about visitors who are coming to Detroit who's never been here, think about what that walk would be like in dead of winter, right? Yeah. Exactly. Totally. So there is an opportunity. It's, it's highly publicized about Joe Lewis Arena. It's being demolished now. The developer who now owns it is looking uh, to potentially partner for a hotel development. Because doesn't every major city, I mean, you look in New York, Chicago, LA, near their convention, there's always some, whether or not it's a flag or not, there's some... 1200 room hotel that can service all the conference needs that's exactly right and we we don't have that we actually are so underserved as a market there's only about 5,000 keys downtown which is all the hotel hotel rooms rooms. in the downtown core not in the you know 159 square miles but what we call the 7.2 the downtown core and I think there is a ton of opportunity in that space number one we're underserved just from a total key count perspective. So where should we be? If we're at 5,000, like a market of our size, how many should we have? I, I could see easily doubling that oh, over wow. the next okay. few years. Yeah, so and, huge and, opportunity. and still be able to accommodate that, right? We're losing out on big pieces of business. We're losing out on Final Four. We're losing out on, you know, uh, Super Bowl. We're losing out on big citywide events that help everyone, not just the hospitality industry, right? That Those dollars go into every business that you see in the market. So that, that brings me back. I was here in 2006 because I'm a native Pittsburgh guy, mm-hmm. and I was here for the Super Bowl when it was here in 2006. And I remember the city all up and down Woodward, all these storefronts were pop-ups and fake stores. Mm-hmm. No, no one was really down here. And I had to stay in Troy because there was no hotel There's nothing rooms. downtown. There was right. nothing. Yeah. And I remember being like, wow, I'm like 30 to 40 minutes away from where I actually want to go to this event. Which thinking, is brutal. It's brutal. Right. So, I mean, that's a huge opportunity, huge. Double, basically doubling the size of our hotel. I think here. so. I think so. Look, and you mentioned Pittsburgh. I think Detroit can be Pittsburgh uh, in seven to 10 years. There's that much demand for this city. Pittsburgh is, is doing an incredible job of reinventing itself from a steel town to like an incredible uh, medical medical and pharma device company, I mean, city. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And and. I always joke. It's like, you're right. It's a perfect example of a city that went through a transformation that came out on the other side totally, totally different. Mm-hmm. So so you guys are obviously working on some massive projects that are incredibly well publicized between the book, Monroe Block, you know, the Hudson site. Where do you think all those projects will fill some of these voids that you're talking about? I assume they all have some level of food and beverage component or hospitality. Oh, sure. So look, it's it, Bedrock is all about activation, right? Not only on the street level, but within our buildings. All of what we do has street level at grade retail. 
that will include food and beverage needs. But I think as we look at some of these larger scale projects, Hudson's and Book, also well publicized, that we've we've explored hotel use in those projects, and they're going to make a lot of sense. They're penciling in a way that that supports the keys, supports right. the, the, the the hotel development. You obviously want to build the market, but it's got to make financial sense exactly too. Exactly right? right. Yep. Absolutely. So, what about any types of restaurants or things that you're like, you know what, if we could just get this type of thing in Detroit, it would be a symbol that we're, that we're back. I mean, is there anything that, you, that you've been in your brain, you're like, God, we got to get one of those? Ah, that's a great question. You know, there's, there's so much opportunity here. I think on the hotel, the hotel side of things, a traditional luxury hotel probably would say, hey, Detroit's back. I think Detroit's back already. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we're not there. Detroit is in an incredible place. We have a unique opportunity that... I don't, I don't think exists in other cities. But if you said, I have a globally, internationally recognized brand that is here in Detroit, I think that will say, uh, speak volumes about so the that, city. So I'm going to throw, throw out her name. Not just, I have an X brand, like a Four Seasons or something that like you see all over the globe. Mm-hmm. If there's one of those in Detroit, that's like a sign that Detroit's kind of on the map. I think so. Okay. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. So... I know Bedrock, you know, in, in kind of the work you do, share the same philosophy that we do at Broder and Sexy Real Estate. We're, we're obsessed with the exceptional service. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, what's your own philosophy on service? Like, what makes people great versus good? We talk about this all the time, but I'm curious. As no, to- and we do, too. At the family companies, look, good to great is a big deal for us. And that extra inch is a, is a huge win for us. I think this industry has a long way to go, um, not only here, but in general, right? It's it's, it's maintaining that edge, but also that incredibly comfortable uh, approach to service. It, in my philosophy, it's a little bit cheesy. It's been, you know, it's been said before, but Maya Angelou's quote about people will forget what you said, people forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. For me, that's the sign of hospitality, right? If I can walk away from an experience and I can't point to a single thing that says, that was really an epic move or an incredibly cool moment for me when I stayed with you, but if I walk away and I'm like, holy shit, guys, you've got to come back and stay at Chanel Hotel. You've got to visit Detroit. They have all this incredible stuff. That, to me, is the sign of a great service delivery and experience from a guest perspective. Yeah, I call them like small victories like because they're all these like minute touch points that the majority of consumers just kind of walk right by. They don't even they don't, don't it doesn't even realize register. it doesn't even but, register. But somehow in their subconscious, they go back and they go, man, wasn't that amazing that Chanel would like did that thing for me or took care of that or dropped that on my pillow exactly. just to say you had a great night. And, or just know. remembering how it smelled, right? Right. The scent that we look at and what we, we study it forever just to make sure it's exactly right because that moment, you can't point to it, but you remember it when you left. So, so I, I can see in your face like how much you lo- love this business, oh, right? I love it. How did you know hospitality was your passion? I mean, when, when did it click for you? So it's so funny. My, when, my, when I was a kid, my, my parents were like, you're not getting any allowance in your summers in high school. Go figure something out. Go do something. So the job I got was as a bellman at a local hotel growing up. At, well, actually, it wasn't even local. In New York City, I wasn't a part of the union. I had to go out to the suburbs to find a job because I was too young. At the time, I was 16. They're like, we don't want you here. Get out of here. So I found a job at this this you know small resort property, hotel conference center outside the city, and I was a bellman. I was a valet runner. I worked the front desk. I did every job you can possibly imagine, and I was hooked. And I got to travel, thankfully, with my family when I was young. We love to see different parts of the globe. And let me tell you, that experience is what hooked me. Those two things. So mine's not as exciting. I bag groceries. That was my first job. But great customer service experience. That's important. Yeah. Paper versus plastic. That's those are the decisions that shape our lives. Those are real epic decisions. Those are are epic. They are. So all right. But how you treat a server, how you treat a paper bagger, how or a plastic bagger, right? That 
is, is telling as uh, how you are as a person. Right? I totally agree. All right, so this is my favorite part of every podcast. We're going to do the Andrew Lieber lightning round. Good Lord. Are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'll be ready. <laughs> you, you will rise <laughs> I, to the occasion. I will. All right, here we go. Favorite place to grab a drink in the city of Detroit? Uh, I'd have to say Keesling. Okay. Favorite hospitality experience in Detroit? Uh, I think that ties probably to my favorite restaurant as well, okay. if I can. Sure. Um, it's Mabel Gray. Look, I think James Regato does an unbelievable job uh, of not only the culinary experience, but their service approach and philosophy there is spot on. It's comfortable. It's approachable. It's elevated at the same time. Not stuffy. It's it's not a formal dining experience in, by any stretch of the imagination. But you walk away from there saying, I had just had an unbelievable experience. Good one. He, that's the first time we've got that one so far. So that's great. Good. Favorite city other than Detroit to visit? So I'm a New Yorker. So I, that's obviously the cheesy one, right? I got to go see my family and be back in New York. Uh, but I probably would say Cape Town uh, or Johannesburg. I just came back from South Africa celebrating my 10-year anniversary with my wife. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We had an epic trip. Uh, no kids. Parent, in-laws took them. It was phenomenal. And let me tell you something. that Those two cities are like on the edge of the culinary and hospitality scene. And the people are just amazing. I love that. And I love how everybody always goes, no kids, because that just you just get to raise the... <laughs> well, frankly, I could go anywhere and not have the kids with us, right. and it would be an unbelievable, unbelievable time. relocation. Right. right, exactly. All right. Favorite hotel could be anywhere in the world. Oh, my God. Uh, good question. I might have to say the Four Seasons Cyan in Bali. Probably many of our listeners have not been there. So. I'm guessing not, but that would be my international destination. If I had to say domestically uh, the best hotel experience, oh my God, really, really tough one. Might, might be the Hotel Emma uh, in Texas. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Most memorable moments since you've been here in Detroit? Uh, most memorable moment. I think memorable and proud of is, is opening this hotel. I mean, this was a five, every bit of a five-year experience, and we built so much of this experience from the ground up. It didn't exist, right? There were no brand standards. There was no look and no feel. Yeah, sir, it, it's beautiful. It's stunning, right? But all the touches, all the moments of, uh, of the experience, of the collateral, of the guest room keys, of the audio, and the linens, and the terry, and the mattresses. There's so much. We had to figure this all out uh, as a team. And I am proud to deliver this hotel with this team here. So your biggest customer pet peeve, what drives you crazy? Oh, there's a lot because I'm just very picky when it comes to travel and I'm in the industry or in, in food and beverage. There is a science to me when you can read someone's body language, right? If I am deep in conversation with you over a cocktail or over food at dinner and a server or a busser is coming to refill my water glass or interrupt and ask, are you ready for another beverage? I'm like, hang on a second. Read what's going on there. They don't necessarily need attention right now. Same thing goes for the hotel industry or the hospitality business, right? You don't, if I'm deep in conversation uh, in the living room at Shiloh Hotel with you about, uh, you know, an important business deal, I'm not sure I need you right now, right? That, that over-the-top luxury sort of service and experience is important, but it needs to be done in a refined and relaxed way. I like that. Mine's a little bit more like... Pedestrian? Pedestrian. I'll give you mine. Mine is when someone comes and clears my plate and they say, are you still working on that? It makes me think um, like it's like a job. Like I'm eating out of a trough, right? That's how it feels. Mm -hmm. I was like, are you still enjoying that? That's mm -hmm. always been my opinion. You know what another good move is? This is a great move. You're, you're, you're drinking your coffee, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and someone says, you know, 
do you want to refresh or you want to top off or you're done and the check is already presented and you've paid the bill, right? And you're like, uh, someone just drops that paper cup, the to-go cup, right? That move where they don't say, do you need this or do you need a refill? I just do it. I just deliver it, right? It's those unexpected moments like where that. it's like, hey, you might not want another cup of coffee, but I'm giving you the option. Well, this has been such a pleasure. I could literally talk about this for hours with you, which maybe we'll do offline because I, would I love, love this to. topic. I love to. But I appreciate you giving us your time to tell the audience all the amazing work that you guys are doing, literally changing the entire hospitality and industry in this city. So thank you so much. You should be very proud of what you've done. And I know that there's a lot more to come. It is my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. For more information on Bedrock, check them out at bedrockdetroit.com or follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. If you want more information on this incredible hotel, the Shinola Hotel, check them out at 1400 Woodward Avenue, right downtown on Woodward Avenue in Detroit, Michigan, or at shinolahotel.com or follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the EXPDET podcast. Please make sure to write us a review, check in with us, give us some feedback, and check out all the other amazing people that are reshaping Detroit at expdet.com, and you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook.